The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with best-selling author, speaker, and motivational coach, April Joy Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at 32. Through all of her trauma, she's gone from tragedy to triumph, and she'll help you do the same. Get empowered by taking a holistic approach. Now, here is your host, April Joy Ford. Welcome. I'm April Joy Ford, the voice of You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. And we're here not only to inspire and empower, but to change and save lives. Let's say hello to all of our fans and listeners globally, all the way from Taiwan to Romania to Poland, to Hong Kong, Australia, the New Zealand, Cambodia, Canada, the UK, Saudi Arabia, and of course, here in the United States. Each life does matter, and I know you guys are seeking answers and solutions to your situations and setbacks, and I'm glad you've tuned in for more tools and truth to get empowered. So our episode this week is the gentle power of highly sensitive people. Before I bring on my guest, Elena, I want to encourage you guys to get your survival guide to life's challenges to be able to break through your barriers and challenges. All you have to do is go to myjoyagain.com or text the keyword joy to 38470. So my guest, Elena, Hydrakoff, and hopefully I'm pronouncing her name correctly, <laughs> of Entre Princess. She is a mentor for highly sensitive and empathetic entrepreneurs and a TEDx speaker. In her TEDx talk, she explains why we need to change the prevalent culture narrative around highly sensitive people, also abbreviated as HSP um, herself. She has made it her mission to empower other HSP entrepreneurs to turn their sensitivity into their greatest business asset. She offers mentoring, online courses, and membership community as well as events to set her fellow sensitive entrepreneurs up for success. And this is both for highly sensitive um, people so that they can find success. You can look up her full bio on the You're Not Alone uh, show page. She's an award-winning serial entrepreneur that's really passionate about entrepreneurship. So let's welcome Elena to our show this week. How are you? Where are you calling in, Elena? Hi, April. So glad to be here with you today. I'm in Germany today, so you can add Germany to your yes. list. <laughs> Actually, I think we do have journey, Germany. Um, I just you know, couldn't get through the entire list. There's so many <laughs> regions out there. For sure. So that's an awesome start. <laughs> yeah. So tell our listeners, for those of them who haven't had the opportunity to see your TED Talk, you know, why did you give this topic on highly sensitive people. First of all, if you could explain what that means. Oh, of course. I mean, highly sensitive 
people, when I say that, people look at me a little bit puzzled, like, what does that mean, that you're too sensitive or that you're too thin-skinned? And that always makes me smile because um, being a highly sensitive person is about far more than emotional reactivity. So um, actually the person that brought to life the whole concept of highly sensitive person is a researcher and she's called Dr. Elaine Aaron and she wrote a book called The Highly Sensitive Person and that's where this whole concept stems from. And she says that highly sensitive people are in essence people that have a stronger emotional and also physical reaction to the outside world. So basically you live your life a little bit in technicolor, you feel things very deeply, you also your senses are on high alert in comparison to perhaps a non-highly sensitive person. Um, and so basically what I like to call it that is, is like you're living in osmosis with the world around you because you have a bit thinner barriers and everything kind of comes in. <laughs> so that's uh -huh. kind of what it feels like to be a highly sensitive person. Okay. And I like how in your TED Talk you really wanted to have that thought process shift when people automatically have that that reaction when they hear the word sensitive and it's like oh it's something that's just weak right didn't you talk about that yeah i i said in my ted talk that sensitivity has a really bad pr and the reason for that is that sensitivity is seen as an innate weakness as, as it's something that you don't want to be you don't want to be a sensitive person you want to be strong and you want to be a hustler and all these kind of social stereotypes and um, being sensitive is not really valued and the, the things that sensitive people bring to the table like emotional awareness and empathy and also authenticity and creati creativity, they're not as valued perhaps as, as I hope and think it should be. And that's why I was so keen to give this TED Talk to create a bit of a cultural shift towards a more positive understanding of sensitivity. And how, what would be your opinion or maybe suggestions on the current beliefs for some people when they hear the word sensitive and when it comes to um, men being sensitive? So this, I, I love talking about this because um, it's only in recent years that some men have allowed themselves to claim that they are sensitive because really masculinity and the way masculinity has been defined for a long time is is as as hard and strong and all of these things and kind of sensitive didn't fit into that equation and surprisingly 50% of all HSPs are men so uh, and HSPs themselves make up between 15 to 20% of the world population so you can imagine how many men are actually highly sensitive it is more than one would think and my my feeling is that men um, are recreating what it means to be masculine and they are allowing for the fact that they can be both sensitive and strong rather than uh, rather than the two being um, mutually exclusive concepts yeah and, and before about that yeah before we get into the differences of uh, whether it's a man or a woman being introverted or extroverted um let's just touch a little bit on that topic when it comes to like you said redefining masculinity in the world especially for the men who, like you quoted 50% are hsps i mean what type of challenges have you seen in working with that demographic 
Well, I think for for women, let's put it this way, for women, it's much easier to claim sensitivity because um, the sensitive attributes are are kind of considered in a feminine way. So people think that empathy and emotional awareness, that these are feminine traits. So for men to integrate them into the concept of masculinity is much more difficult. And I think if you look at the fields, kind of the, the types of jobs highly sensitive men typically thrive in is the more creative jobs, um, artistic jobs even. And, and that's where they can find their outlet. And I think it's just for us to realize that masculinity comes in, in many shades and it doesn't have to just come in the prepackaged version of the Hulk. You know, it's, there's, there's much more to that. <laughs> and and I, I love it that more and more men are like, no, I, I'm sensitive. I, and, and not just in an emotional way, also that they have physical sensitivities that they can um, that they have heightened senses in in ways that maybe are not typical. So I think it's it's this growing awareness and them speaking about it rather than trying to hide it. And this probably already starts in schools where you know the little boys are told not to cry. They're told to be to toughen up, to please their fathers, to to become a man. And I think this kind of um, education has made it so difficult for men to allow themselves to be seen as sensitive um, well, and I, breaking through that now. Yeah, and I think it adds more to just whether you're a, you know, HSP yourself, if you're a man, it has a lot to do beyond that. I mean, just dealing with your emotions as far as healing, uh, whatever you're going through in your childhood, whether it's a trauma or just um, an argument with your parent, you know, later on that's going to come up as something else later in your life. So it's, it really has, it goes beyond just being, are you a highly sensitive person if you're a male, but it's just being able to recognize and deal with your emotions and feelings as indicators. Absolutely. And I think what you say there is so true. It's allowing um, yourself as a man to, to step up into your true personality, your true expression of who you are and not trying to live by kind of social norms and guidelines and allowing for that healing also to happen to maybe cast off some pre-programming that happened in childhood or early adulthood and to claim to claim that as, a, as an adult man and to say, I, I can be a strong and sensitive man and I can cast off some of these um, kind of stereotypical uh, definitions of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk, talk about when we're talking about you know men and women. But how would the traits of being, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you know, extrovert influence the trait if you are highly sensitive? So that's also very interesting because many people assume when they hear highly sensitive person, they think of someone that um, fits the trait of introversion. Um, And that is because if you take the introvert stereotypes, which by the way, I don't subscribe to, but you know, the introvert stereotypes are that you're shy or that you're a wallflower and that you're a bit, you know, thin skin, this, this kind of, um, it, it meshes very nicely with the cultural stereotypes around introversion. So people instantly assume it's one and the same thing. 
But the reality is that 30% of HSPs are extroverts and that's much harder for people to understand how you can have this trait of being so emotional and uh, emotionally reactive and also from a sensory perspective and then being an extrovert because that's kind of inviting the world in and why would you want to invite the world in if you're already so kind of liable to, to feel everything in technicolor dimension, right? Yeah, and I, I think you put out a, a good point that if we just use that as a reference point, like you say, you don't like to categorize between an introvert and an extrovert, but it's just maybe our own personality of how we express those emotions or feelings. You know, whether you're highly sensitive, you have your way of expressing what you're being able to absorb or feel externally, physically, or emotionally. But like you said, it has nothing to do with, oh, it's only the introverts that are this way. Exactly. And and I myself am actually an HSP extrovert. So I can speak for that 30%. <laughs> and I think it's... um. I, I do believe, of course, that the concept of introvert and extrovert, that that exists and is very real. I just was trying to say that the way they are culturally defined, again, often falls into stereotypes. So it's more about if you're energized by other people or drained by other people than necessarily, um, I don't know, how how uh, you, you feel from a perspective of being shy or something like that. I don't think that has as much to do with introversion as people make out uh, that it does. But um, it's definitely an interesting thing how HSP and introversion, how they intertwine. Wow, amazing, amazing stuff. So let's go ahead and take our first break and more with Alina when we come back. And we're going to talk about what it feels like to be highly sensitive. Do you help those in trauma? Use the four steps in the Breakthrough the Barriers program. This trauma-informed care training will equip you with the four major effects of trauma, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Learn how to get replenished, recharged, and rebalanced for your own self-care to be able to continue to help others in your care. Text the keyword TRAUMA to 38470. This could also help you qualify for your CEUs. That's keyword TRAUMA to 38470. Have you experienced trauma or challenges in your life and are wondering what to do next? Get the clarity and direction you need to create the life you've always wanted. Awaken the courage and energy within you to discover who you're truly meant to be. Download the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, and get the survival guide to life's challenges at myjoyagain.com or text the keyword JOY to 38470. Create your blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoying life, and feel empowered at myjoyagain.com. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. 
Welcome back. You've been listening to the You're Not Alone show, and our guest this week is Elena Hardikoff, calling in all the way from Germany. She focuses on empathetic entrepreneurs, so make sure you guys check out her TED Talk on this topic. So I wanted to ask her for, you know, the listeners out there that are just still new to what this term is, HSP, highly sensitive uh, person. Elena, can you explain how does it feel to be highly sensitive? Yes, I'd love to. This is actually my favorite topic. Um, so um, I will maybe use the acronym DOES that is written about also in, in Dr. Elaine Aaron's book to quickly break down the trait and, and how I experience these different aspects. So she uses the acronym DOES, D-O-E-S. And so the D stands for depth of processing. And that means we are the deep observers, the thinkers. We're very spiritually interested and very um, curious and creative. And we're, we're somebody you can park in a corner with a book and we'll be very happy to go in depth with that forever. And we, we will try to comprehend what's happening in the world and we will research and we will think. So that's very typical uh, for everybody that is HSP, introvert or extrovert, um, is that we have this depth of processing and and sometimes that also means that even extroverted HSPs they need their little alone time to process what they've experienced during the day what they've witnessed um, and we always try to make sense of everything so that's definitely one big cornerstone and the second one is the O and that stands for overstimulation so we get quickly overwhelmed by the world around us and this is mostly from a sensory perspective so we have kind of an acute awareness and reaction to stimuli like sights or sounds or smells or feelings and even energies so we're the proverbial energy sponge that you know everything comes in very easily and then we get overloaded when we have too much going on at any one time or if you're in a shopping mall and it's crowded around Christmas time you have 10 bags in your hand that is like HSP <laughs> nightmare territory <laughs> so, yeah. so it's, it's when too much is going on at the same time we tend to get a bit uh, frazzled should I say <laughs> and then the E stands for empathy and uh, we we're not empaths in, in that sense, but we have a finely tuned understanding of what goes on for others. And that can be people, that can be animals, that can be nature. And we often internalize those feelings. So it's like that old Hebrew saying, when one cries, the other tastes salt. It's very mm -hmm. much like that, that we, because we feel everything we see, we also care about everything we see. And that kind of makes the HSPs also very uh, likely to go into some helping or healing profession. And then the S, the last one stands for our awareness of subtlety. So we're the ones who quickly pick up on changes in the environment. Uh, we're like the, how do they say that, the canary in the coal mine? Like we're the first one to first see if something's, mm -hmm. something's going wrong somewhere. Like we'll, we'll really pick that up. But also we're the ones that can hear uh, tap dripping in the bathroom when you're sitting in the office. So it's like heightened senses, both emotional and also from a sensory perspective. So that kind of sums it up in a nutshell how we go through life. And um, it's interesting to say the least to be highly sensitive because you have such a vivid experience uh, of everything really. So the world is sometimes, especially the modern world, can sometimes be a lot to take in for an HSP. Yeah. 
And I and I can totally relate because I, I can say, you know, I am I'm highly sensitive. So I have two questions from the acronym that you gave. D, you said depth of processing. O is overstimulation. E is empathy. S is the subtleness, you know, since you have a heightened awareness. So my two questions are, um, let's see, first, for the empathy, so are you saying not all HSPs are empaths? And my second follow-up question would be, for the overstimulation, what would you suggest in your toolbox to uh, manage the overstimulation? Great question. Not all HSPs are uh, empathetic. It's just that the, the founder of HSP, uh, Dr. Elaine Aaron, she's very firm on not calling HSP empaths. So we are empathetic, but we're not empaths because that's, in her definition, a term that belongs more in the spiritual world than in the scientific world that she studies. So that's the only differentiation I made. But the experience is that, yes, we are empathetic, and that goes for all HSPs usually. Okay. And then, oh, and the tools, yeah. Yeah, and the tools. So overstimulation. So I think here um, it is really having a good understanding of your own needs. That's what I find helps myself. I know I need to manage myself. So if I go to a big event with a lot of people, I know that after an hour or two, for example, I'll be all peopled out. Despite being an extrovert, I'll be all peopled <laughs> out. I know I need to go home and I need to have quiet and for example, in any given day, I wouldn't stack, if I can help it, 10 highly intensive meetings back to back because I know this will just be too much. So I'll try and have little quiet zones in my day to recharge and to center myself and, and just know kind of ahead of time what, what I'm going to schedule for myself and make sure I don't over schedule. And that's a big help, I think. And most HSPs tend to be very aware of that. Yeah, I mean, those are good points. I, I think the key point to know is understanding, like you said, your own needs, because uh, whether your personality profile is you, when you need to be recharged, some people get recharged when they're in a group, you know, they're in a group of people, they're with their friends or family, but some people like to just be alone, and they need that alone time to recharge and replug. So would you say it's more of, you know, self-discovering yourself and your own personality of how, how and when to implement, you know, those times? Well, I think, um, I mean, you made a great point just now saying that, you know, some people also recharge with other people. I think that's actually a great point to make just because, um, for example, even when I'm peopled out, I can happily like be with my family and that is for me a different category that counts as almost alone time for me because that's that's kind of my known home so that's different so so that's a great differentiation to make and um, I think when it comes to managing yourself as an HSP it's really about knowing what works for you so for example if you're extremely sensitive to sounds and you're in a noisy neighborhood then you know at night it might make sense for you to get earplugs you know just as a silly example <laughs> that's the kind of thing like maybe not every HSP is not sensitive to noise others might be sensitive to light or other people are very emotionally sensitive in the sense that you know when they when they're with somebody that's negative around them they get totally drained and maybe they need to limit how often they're exposed to that person because it drags them down so um it's really in a case-by-case basis there are no two hsps are the same so it's about figuring out kind of what is your hsp fingerprint and then working from there 
and seeing how that goes. Alrighty, meet us back after the break and we'll talk more with Elena on our topic today on the gentle power of highly sensitive people on the impact that it has on the world as well as um, how it affects you if you are one with your business. Do you help those in trauma? Use the four steps in the Breakthrough the Barriers program. This trauma-informed care training will equip you with the four major effects of trauma, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Learn how to get replenished, recharged, and rebalanced for your own self-care to be able to continue to help others in your care. Text the keyword TRAUMA to 38470. This could also help you qualify for your CEUs. That's keyword TRAUMA to 38470. Have you experienced trauma or challenges in your life and are wondering what to do next? Get the clarity and direction you need to create the life you've always wanted. Awaken the courage and energy within you to discover who you're truly meant to be. Download the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, and get the survival guide to life's challenges at myjoyagain.com or text the keyword JOY to 38470. Create your blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoying life, and feel empowered at myjoyagain.com. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back to another segment here on You're Not Alone with my guest, Elena. And I should also mention that if you want to get information on trauma-informed care as well as self-care, all you have to do is text the keyword trauma to 38470. Again, that's the keyword trauma to 38470. So back with our topic today, Elena, what is the topic on, you know, when people are trying to figure out HSPs and how this fits into the world. I mean, what really is the impact? So I think um, HSPs are like the temperature regulators in a hot-headed world because they process things very differently to non-HSPs. They're typically the ones that are our helpers, our healers, our activists. They draw attention to the wrongdoings in this world. And I think the reason for that is, is because every kind of pain they witness or they see, they feel. So they immediately care about that as well and they care about finding solutions and I think um, we need to uh, kind of lift out uh, HSPs out of their their kind of obscure corner and put them more into the spotlight because I think generally what we're facing uh, on the world stage be it from a political environmental or social standpoint we need a new approach we need a more creative approach we need a more empathetic approach and I think that's where HSPs are really needed and um, the reason I kind of gave my TED talk is because 
I wanted to uh, kind of call to my fellow HSPs to beg them to not hide away from the world, but to step up and to share what they have to share with all of us so that we can create solutions for uh, our world going forward. And don't you think it's almost like a, a dichotomy? Because like you said, we're supposed to put the spotlight on HSPs and, you know, have them use their natural gifts and abilities and talents. But then again, if they're so sensitive, would that spotlight be <laughs> overwhelming to them? Well, I think it's a very legitimate question because, yes, the spotlight is difficult to handle for an HSP, but it shouldn't serve as an excuse to hide away to say the mm-hmm. spotlight might be difficult. It's about, again, managing how how long and in what way you are in the spotlight. For example, me, when I got on the TED stage, that was a spotlight for me. And it wasn't necessarily comfortable for me. It was outside of my kind of well-organized, well-structured <laughs> life. <laughs> and um, But having said that, I knew that this mattered more than my comfort zone. And and that's why I did it. And I'm encouraging other HSPs to find their thing, which they know they're called to do in their hearts anyway, that they, they don't shy away from it. It doesn't mean that they should go into the excess of giving themselves up or of kind of abandoning their self-care or anything like that. It's about really optimizing the gifts that have been given to share them and to make sure they stay in good balance with their own HSP traits so that they can stay in the strength of their trait rather than in the weakness of the trait. Oh, I like oh, that. I like that. How you say staying in the strength. So before we talk about the entrepreneur side of an HSP, what about um, if you were a parent? Like how do you better raise sensitive children? Like how can you tell if your, your kids are HSP? So usually the kid will be the one that (laughs) makes sure you know because they are the type of kids that often get bullied in school. They're told, oh, you're too sensitive or you're such a sissy or any of these things. There's a typical other children will make sure that the kid knows something feels different. Mm -hmm. And they're often the kids that feel like, oh, something's wrong with me. I don't fit in. I don't kind of have my own kind of clique and I'm always on the outside. So that's very typical for HSP children. And I think where parents and teachers can come in is to not try and toughen up their kids and say, oh, stand up for yourself and and just be proud and strong and and swallow down your feelings because it's it's it comes from a good-hearted place because you think um if my kid has a better armor it'll be able to deal with the world and 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 the harshness to some extent of the world but i think by imposing that armor you also make the child disconnect from their sensitive strength and what what i would love is for parents and for teachers alike to actually teach these kids that it's okay to be sensitive, that they can actually embrace their otherness in that sense in a positive way and further their strengths rather than alienating them them from their own personality trait and making them feel that it's totally okay to uh, flourish in a different way than maybe the other kids are. And I know I was extremely lucky. I give a shout out to my lovely parents who did an absolutely fantastic job with me. They always made me feel it was okay to be the princess on the pee. (laughs) (laughs) 
and um, and you know you can also be a princess of the pea as a boy of course it's the whole like I can feel a pea under 20 mattresses and I literally could have easily done that um, and it's about honoring your child's path and not trying to force them into kind of the normal quote-unquote path all right and like we talked about in the prior segments of whether it's a highly sensitive person, an adult or a kid, it's really just having that um, connection with your own feelings and your emotions and your, your thoughts on how you're processing that because later on it could turn into something else, you know, instead of just not being able to express it properly. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think in general for anybody, HSP or not, the more you can be in tune with who you really are, I think the stronger you can show up in the world, no matter if you're an HSP or not an HSP. So let's talk about, you know, the power of sensitivity in the business world, whether it's the corporate or entrepreneurial world. How would you be able to navigate through that? So um, if we take first the corporate world, so typically the corporate world is quite challenging for HSPs because um, it is kind of meant more for uh, people that enjoy being competitive to a certain extent and because HSPs by nature are more cooperative than competitive, they often get kind of left behind and so that is a bit of a difficult uh, environment for HSPs to flourish in and what actually happens quite a lot either um, already from the get-go or later in life that many HSPs turn to entrepreneurship because that's where they have more control over their world because in a oh, I'm one <laughs> I'm raising my hand I, I used to work in the corporate world and you had like you said you had to be competitive to survive in that world but my natural default was more of a collaborative uh, model exactly and that I think is is something that HSPs can expressed beautifully in the entrepreneurship world because there you can set your own rules you can you can also set your own work environment like I don't know if you're an HSP that's sensitive to bright lights and you have to work in an office with extremely bright lights or noises disturb you because you hear them so much louder than normal people and then to be in a cubicle office with 50 other people is just nightmare for HSPs and that's why I think disproportionately speaking there are so many HSPs that turn to entrepreneurship Um, and I think it's actually a great path so I personally work mostly with HSP entrepreneurs and I think the gifts that they bring to the table um, and why they're also typically very successful in their entrepreneur in their entrepreneurial ventures is because First of all, they bring a lot of emotional awareness to the table and that really works in kind of identifying the unmet needs in the market, building rapports with clients, being authentic, having people trust you because there's a lot of authenticity that they bring to the table. And you really, in a kind of a generally a bit more cutthroat marketplace, you stand out if you have those values. And I'm sure you experience that too, April, in the work you do is that connect to you, they connect to your authenticity. Um, And that's a big standout point already. So how do we empower if you are HSP, but you're having challenges in the corporate world and you're not able to, you know, be in a position to have your own business or be an entrepreneur. And right now, this is where you're at in the phase or season in your life. How can we best empower them to stand in their strength and harness their gifts, but still 
flourish in the corporate world where they're facing challenges? What are some recommendations? So first of all, I would say there is also great opportunities to make a big impact in the corporate world. So it's not all bad, but I think it comes down to really making sure that you're actually in a job that suits your personality and that not on a daily basis, you're facing an uphill struggle because you're either in an environment that for whatever reason is really toxic to you um, or, or that the structures are oppressive to your personality type. So I think um, that makes a lot of sense for them to, to check out if, if it is corporate world maybe is the company they're working for is it the right one are the values aligned with them etc and then is is kind of looking for uh, jobs within the corporate world where their gifts can shine so that's creativity that's connection um, and and seeing what kind of jobs can you do where you get to stand in your sensitive strength um, so maybe if, for example, traveling frazzles you and, and you hate the hectic of airports and all that, maybe you shouldn't have a job where you need to do that three, three days a week. You know what I'm saying? So it's about seeing how can you really be honest with yourself, what you need to be happy, and then trying finding a job that works for you in that sense. And if right now that is not possible, try as much as you can to make sure that your day is structured in a way that still works for you. If that means you go a bit earlier to have some quiet time to do your creative thinking or, or staying a bit later or finding an arrangement with your boss, maybe that can understand what, you know, that you might have different ways of contributing. So there are definitely ways to make it work, but it all begins again with really understanding what you personally need and seeing how you can work that into, into your career and also into your day-to-day -day, uh, job life. Yeah, and I like you brought up that point because as you were explaining that, I was thinking about my own situation when I used to be an engineer for Intel and with my various uh, roles and different groups, I think the one of the most successful roles that I was in and I stayed the longest was both technical, but yet I still were able to interface with the customer, the customer base and being creative and creating solutions outside of the box. So like you said, it's more of finding the, the role or responsibility that fits and suits your personality and still enables you to utilize your strengths. Absolutely. And I think then you can really thrive in any environment if you kind of start with what really works best for you and you try to find a situation where you can shine um, and where you don't have to kind of fight your inner trait every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, how would somebody, if somebody is an HSB and, and they're having challenges with their current role in the corporate world or wherever they are in their career, how would they be able to communicate this to their workplace or maybe their boss that has completely no understanding of what they're talking about. How can they help accommodate them? Well, it's funny you should say that because I actually had a lot of people write to me on the back of my TED talk saying, I'm going to show this video to my boss. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny because it, it's, in a, it's kind of a 15 minute in a nutshell what the trade is about and it helps people in a non-judgmental way understand what HSP is and it's also important to know this is not an illness. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's a genetic right. trait. You know, it's, it's not something where you're like, you know, oh, I have an illness. No, you don't. It's a, it's just a genetic trait. And, um, 
and sometimes maybe just showing something like my video or any any other kind of information about it and say hey listen uh, actually I can I can offer you even better stuff if we can work together on finding a great environment for me to thrive in yeah and it uh, actually comes down to it being a win-win situation for everybody I mean if you have Absolutely. somebody who is not excelling with their particular role and responsibility on that team or project why not utilize their natural gifts, talents, and abilities into something else, another project or, or something else, and it's still going to benefit the overall company or project of, of you know, whatever they're working on, and it's, it's a win-win for everybody. I think so. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and take our last break. And when we come back, we're going to talk just a little bit more on the entrepreneurship side, on the path for HSPs. But really, I wanted to talk about the self-care, you know, to become empowered as an HSP. What do we need to do for self-care? So when we come back, we'll have Elena explain on that. Do you help those in trauma? Use the four steps in the Breakthrough the Barriers program. This trauma-informed care training will equip you with the four major effects of trauma, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Learn how to get replenished, recharged, and rebalanced for your own self-care to be able to continue to help others in your care. Text the keyword TRAUMA to 38470. This could also help you qualify for your CEUs. That's keyword TRAUMA to 38470. Have you experienced trauma or challenges in your life and are wondering what to do next? Get the clarity and direction you need to create the life you've always wanted. Awaken the courage and energy within you to discover who you're truly meant to be. Download the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, and get the survival guide to life's challenges at myjoyagain.com or text the keyword JOY to 38470. Create your blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoying life, and feel empowered at myjoyagain.com. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back, and we've been speaking with Elena, calling in from Germany. So all of our listeners out there in Germany, make sure you um, listen to the replay of this and share the link with your friends and family. Also check out her TED Talk. And just before the break, we were talking about how to claim your power if you're an HSP, if you're having challenges in the business or corporate world. And I wanted to touch on the topics of if you're on a path of entrepreneurship and then talk a little bit about um, self-care, what you need to do to be empowered as an HSP. So to um, further discussion, Elena, if somebody is on the entrepreneurial path of an HSP, not really in the corporate world, um, what would you recommend for them to really harness their power? Yes, I think 
as an HSP, you're uniquely gifted to be in business because you have, as we mentioned earlier quickly, you have a great ability to connect to people. And I think fundamentally behind every business, it's people, you know, and if you can connect to your clients, be there, be there on a B2B or B2C level, it doesn't really matter if you can connect to people and you're passionate about what you do. And most HSPs are very passionate about their work and they typically really strive to deliver high quality work, which can sometimes veer into the shadow of that which is perfectionism <laughs> yeah that's me <laughs> oh yeah but you know they, they care so much about what they do if if they're doing what their heart really tells them to do there's huge a huge amount of drive there and they're also great innovators because hsps look at the world in a in a different way they also have a ability to interconnect seemingly unconnected things and to come up with novel solutions and products or services that that are not even out there yet and that's why i think it's it's really awesome for hsps to bring their contribution to the world through entrepreneurship because rather than um, going into the systems and trying to change the systems kind of for me being an entrepreneur is you can make changes outside of the system like i just uh, a few days ago read an article about a, a young guy who came up with some plan how he can clean the oceans from plastic and i was like that must be an hsp <laughs> like a life-saving mission with a very original approach and that's kind of what i really um really love to to see and i think most hsps have that kind of change maker profile in them and i think april you probably are are like that too yeah mission a healing mission a helping mission um and i think that's that's so beautiful and all hsp entrepreneurs should really claim their inner hsp fire and and show it to the world <laughs> well i'm wondering is there do you know of any studies out there you know like there's study profiles on the person who invented this or the person that did that they're they're known as you know whatever but are there like profiles on hsp people Yes, they have done many uh, uh, studies of kind of famous HSP people and usually you see them a lot in in kind of the arts, you have the, the writers, the poets, the painters, all, all of our beautiful artists tend to be HSP, as well as a lot of the activists and also the musicians. So for example, John Lennon is a very famous HSP. <laughs> and and, and it's, um, it, it goes beyond though just the artistic side. You also have many healers which are maybe less known, but for example, it's assumed that Gandhi was an HSP, for example, or Mother Teresa was an HSP. Now, you know, we don't really know that for sure, but that's an assumption you can kind of make based on the life mission they chose and the behaviors they displayed. Wow, that's amazing. Now, let's talk about some self-care. You know, if you are an HSP, um, what would you recommend as far as self-care? Because it, it, it comes with, like you said, if you're highly sensitive to your external environment, your physical environment, as well as emotions, feelings, and thoughts, that can take a toll on you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So what do we need to do as far as self-care? 
Yeah, that's such a great point because as HSPs, like you rightly said, we have a tendency to kind of do more than we can handle because when we get passionate and excited, then sometimes we forget we need we need that self-care time to not veer into kind of burnout territory. So what I what I would recommend is first of all that we build a business that's really suited to our needs. So create an office space that works for you, create a time schedule that works for you. If you're more of a morning person, make that work. If you're more of a night owl like I am, for example, then make that work for you. And really it starts with knowing yourself and really trying to focus on creating a, a, an environment where you feel good or that's pretty or that has fresh flowers on the table, like whatever it is, little or big things, do that. Second of all, uh, because HSPs try to be perfectionist in everything, I would say if you can't afford it, try and outsource your weaknesses rather than trying to uh, struggle with them or fix them yourselves. Because I think as HSPs, we can expend so much energy into things that are not in our genius zone and that mm-hmm. can hold us back from the next level. So that's definitely something I would do. And then probably also I would try and limit the amount of kind of what I call on time every day. So kind of know what is your maximum number of appointments if you're like in a coaching, uh, consulting kind of role or, or whatever it is. Know how much can you actually handle in a day um, without you being overwhelmed or without you feeling too exhausted. And maybe during the day, what I love doing is um, I do mini meditations. So two to three minute meditations on my iPhone. I have an app I use. And I just listen to crashing waves and it really kind of is a break for me from my thought, from what's going on. And then I come back fresh. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So that really helps a lot as well. And so hopefully uh, you guys are taking notes. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, and uh, I'm so passionate about this. I could be going on forever. <laughs> um, is also allowing time for creative work that is not part of your business because our business can quickly consume us. So I, I always think it's great if you can do something creative for yourself, whether it's baking cupcakes or painting or, or doing something that's non-work um, related for yourself to keep also your inner balance going. Right. That's highly important. And one thing I, or a couple things I wanted to add is for me, you know, being sensitive myself, it's, I always remind myself what's either boundaries, established boundaries or burnout, boundaries or burnout. So I constantly remind myself. And when you were talking about creating an environment, you know, that's cohesive, cohesive to your personality and your style. And for me, it's always about like having a nice, clean, organized space for Mm -hmm. people. Like you said, if it's putting flowers on your desk, that works for me too. But for me, it's diffusing essential oils, whatever my mood is for the day, if I need to be uplifted or encouraged or balance, creating balance if things are a little bit of out of whack. But it's really knowing, like you said, creating that environment to best support how you're going to function during that day. And the other thing, when you mentioned about perfectionism, I had to learn the hard way that perfectionism can be paralyzing. You know, it was going on this hamster wheel trying to perfect everything and and really I wasn't getting anywhere. So I encourage people to just think about that. Perfectionism can be paralyzing for you to actually not get anything done. Absolutely. It's, it's actually the enemy of getting things done. And Elizabeth Gilbert has this amazing quote on perfectionism. She said, perfectionism is fear in really good shoes. Yeah. And 
I think that's so true. It just looks better than fear, but it is plain old fear at the end of the day. Fear of being judged or getting it wrong or failing. So if you can let go of some of that fear and just get it out there and get it done, then you're also really serving your mission better if you can do that. Right, right. I love these practical tools and tips that we can add in our self-care toolbox. So in closing, Elena, where can our audience find out more about your work and what's on the horizon for you? Sure. So my virtual home is entreprincess.com. So that is a love child between entrepreneur and princess. <laughs> Four princes on the P, of course. So entreprincess.com, you can find out about everything I've got going on. And what I'm really um, excited about is actually I'm starting a membership site for HSP entrepreneurs. And um, I really thought what do we need the most as HSP entrepreneurs? And for me, the answer is community because it's very healing and very um, special to be in a community of people that understand you and where you don't need to have a preamble of 10 pages to explain why you're feeling what you're feeling, where you can just go in and say, hey, this is going on and everybody will immediately understand. So to cultivate an environment both to learn tips for how to uh, up-level your business and how to take better care of yourself, so all these things, but with a vibrant and loving community. So that's uh, my Sensitive Success Society, and I'm so thrilled to be launching that. So, of course... Um, I'll be delighted also to have you in there, April, if you like. All right. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed our highly sensitive conversation today. All righty, everybody. <laughs> I'm April Joy Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. And I share my story and the show so others can share their stories and have their glory so others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith, and I give my love and light so others can illuminate theirs, and I share my joys and blessings so others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. Remember that there's gold to be discovered in their challenges. Know that you are not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. We appreciate you joining us this week, for you are not alone. Each listener is a life, and each life matters. Please tune in for another edition with host April Joy Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.